Shame on Christians for allowing the homosexual community to steal the rainbow. It's time for Christians to take it back. The rainbow's been perverted by the homosexual community, and most Christians have stood by passively allowing them to do so without any resistance. Of course, as I talk with Christians, it's difficult to find one who understands the biblical meaning of the rainbow. So taking it back begins with educating believers as to the purpose of the rainbow. While many Christians are aware that the rainbow was given by God following the flood as a token of His covenant with Noah and with every living creature of all flesh, that the waters should no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Few understand the symbolism of the rainbow. Why the rainbow? Why did God choose the rainbow to use as a visual display of His promise? Well, He chose the rainbow because it is a visual display of the attributes of His character. Each of the colors of the rainbow is based on a literary representation of each of the seven basic attributes of the character of God. Satan is the great pretender, and he attempts to counterfeit the things of God. He has co-opted the rainbow and distorted its meaning. In 1977, an artist by the name of Gilbert Baker was enlisted by Harvey Milk, a historic figure in the LBTQ community, to create a flag for the queer community. The flag he created had eight colors. Although his stated inspiration for the flag was the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow from the 1939 movie The Wizard of Oz, he probably had no idea what the rainbow biblically stood for. He developed a distorted rainbow and assigned new symbolism for the colors without any historic literary basis. Baker's flag had eight colors. Hot pink to symbolize sex, red to symbolize life, orange to symbolize healing, yellow to symbolize sunlight, green to symbolize nature, turquoise to symbolize magic and the art, indigo to symbolize serenity, and violet to symbolize the spirit of the LGBTQ people. Baker's disregard for historic literary symbolism portrays his disregard for truth and precedence. Baker modified his flag in 1978, eliminating the pink because the material was too difficult to find. His flag has been modified a number of times since then, and other flags have been developed to be more inclusive of other sexual perversions that are clamoring for legitimization and for recognition. The colors on these flags have been modified to reflect various races as well as other sexual perversions without any consideration of the historic literary symbolism of colors and in complete ignorance of the reason the rainbow was created by God himself. Although Jesse Jackson was an ordained Baptist minister in Chicago, he apparently did not understand the biblical symbolism of the rainbow, and he used the image for his rainbow coalition as a representation of the various races. 
That in itself is interesting in that the rainbow became visible following the Noahic flood at which time God actually established and separated humanity by race. But that's another story and another study altogether. The failure of Christians to protest this hijacking of the rainbow is apparently due to the failure on their part to understand why God established the rainbow and why he used it as a token of his promise to all flesh. Most Christians recognize that God gave it as a token of his promise, but have not asked why the rainbow. Perhaps if Christians know why the rainbow, maybe then there will be a protest to its hijacking. The rainbow is a manifestation of the glory of God. The Bible is a source of strength and comfort. It contains more than 7,000 promises that the believer can claim while living the Christian life here upon the earth. These promises, which are given by God to us, give us hope in a time of despair. However, experience has shown us that a promise is no more valid than the character of the one that makes it. Therefore, it's important for us to understand the character of God. The better we understand God's character, the greater confidence we'll have in His promises. Our joy and peace is in direct proportion to our confidence in His provision for us. The sign of the rainbow was chosen by God as a means of encouragement and instruction concerning His character. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28 says, As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. The word glory is used in the Bible to emphasize the character of God. The rainbow was given as a sign of God's promise not to destroy all flesh by water again. Genesis chapter 9, beginning at verse 13, records this. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass that when I bring a cloud upon the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, and I, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. God used the rainbow because it is a token which provides a visual manifestation of His character and thus makes His promises to us valid. Ezekiel said the glory of God was like the bow. There are seven colors in the rainbow, and the Bible tells us in Revelation 1-4 and 3-1 and 4-5 that there are seven attributes or spirits which form the character of God. Colors 
have literary symbolism. That is, historically, colors have been used by writers to represent attributes. A careful study reveals there's a direct correlation between literary symbolism of the seven colors of the rainbow and of the seven attributes of God's character. As you listen to this study and read the parallel printed copy of it, you'll see the correlation between God's attributes and the colors of the rainbow. The first color we would identify in the rainbow today is red, and it symbolizes God's love. He that loveth knoweth not God, for God is love, according to 1 John 4.8. The Greek word used to describe God's love is agape. It's the kind of love which does not depend upon the response, but is self-sacrificial. It manifests itself through giving, and it keeps on loving regardless of the response. Because of God's sacrificial love, we know that He will remain faithful to His promises. The attribute of the omnipresence of God is represented in the rainbow by the color orange. Psalm 139, 8-11 says, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. God is not bound by time and space, but is everywhere all the time. There's not a time or place in which God is not present. Knowing that God is always present strengthens our confidence in His promises. The omniscience of God is represented in the rainbow by the color yellow. Yellow has long been used to symbolize wisdom. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that in God are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Omniscience is a compound of two words, omni meaning all, complete, or full, and science which means knowledge. God is all knowledge. He knows our needs even before we ask, and He knows what will produce lasting happiness in our own lives. Therefore, we can rely upon His promises because of His omniscience. The green in the rainbow is the color used to symbolize the eternalness of God. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Because God is eternal, His promises are not limited by time, and we can rely upon them. Blue represents God's absolute righteousness. Psalm 145, verse 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways. The word righteousness means conforming to the specifications of the blueprint. Blue was used in the wearing apparel of the Levitical priest to represent righteousness. God is absolute righteousness. His righteousness is made up of perfect truth, perfect justice, and immutability or faithfulness. 
The blue of the rainbow tells us of God's consistency in truth and justice, which makes his promises valid. Indigo is rep- represents the omnipotence of God. Revelation chapter 19 verse 6 says, For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The word omnipotence is a compound of two words. Omni, meaning all, complete, or full. And potency, which means powerful. Used together, they mean all-powerful. God is all-powerful. And so indigo is the color of the rainbow, which represents that attribute of God. Because He is the omnipotent one, we know that He is able to do all that He has promised. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. God is the sovereign of all existence. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Violet is the color of royalty, and it's used in the rainbow to represent the sovereignty of God. Violet stresses God's absolute authority, and therefore the validity of his promises. God placed his bow in the sky as a token of his promise. He used the colors of the bow as symbols of his attributes in order for us to know his character and thus the validity of his promises to us. The better we know the character of God, the greater our capacity to trust him. The more we trust Him, the greater our joy and peace in the midst of adversity. So the rainbow provides us the assurance of God's faithfulness to all His promise. God is light. Scientists tell us that the rainbow is the result of the refraction of light, the bending of a ray of light as it passes from one medium through another such as passing through water. The colors of the rainbow are manifested when light rays are bent as they pass through the water. Biologists tell us that our bodies are up to 90% water. The physical birth is called a water birth. Jesus described the physical birth as a water birth in John the third chapter, where he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He explained this water birth in the very next verse by saying, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The human fetus develops in the embryonic fluid we refer to as water. First John chapter 1 verse 5 tells us, God is light. There's nothing incidental in the Word of God. Light is comprised of three properties, actinic, luminiferous, and calorific. Actinic cannot be seen or felt and is a good representation of the Father whom nobody, whom none have seen at any time. Luminiferous can be seen and can be felt and is a good representation of the Son. Calorific cannot be seen, but can be felt, and its effect can be seen, and is is representative of the Holy Spirit. 
So you see, the doctrine of the Trinity is taught in the statement that God is light. It's important to understand that while it's accurate to say God is light, it would be inaccurate to say that light is God. The doctrine of the Trinity is that there is one God, eternal existent in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternal in being, identical in nature, equal in power and glory, and having the same co-equality of all attributes and perfections. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Matthew 28, 19, 1 Peter 1-2. We will not explore this truth extensively here in this study, but we need at least to identify it. The difficult spiritual truth is in, introduced to us in the Hebrew of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The word God is translated from the Hebrew word Elohim. This is a plural word in the Hebrew and it emphasizes Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is the planner. The Son is the initiator, and the Holy Spirit is the enabler. A reading of Genesis chapter 1 verses 28 through, or 26 through 28 identifies the reality of the Trinity. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The interchange of these singular and plural pronouns identify the existence of the Godhead as triune. All three members of the Godhead were identified at the baptism of Jesus. Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 and 17, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus deprived himself of the natural function of his divine attributes as God during his incarnation. Philippians chapter 2 beginning at verse 5, says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." So 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 tells us that God is light. Remember, light is comprised of three properties, actinic, luminiferous, and calorific. Actinic cannot be seen or felt and represents the Father. 
luminiferous can be seen and felt and is a good representation of the sun. Calorific cannot be seen but can be felt and its effect can be seen and is representative of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, the rainbow, which is a manifestation of the attributes of God's character, is produced when light passes from one medium to another, specifically water. The incarnation was a result of God passing from one medium to another, from the spirit to the flesh. In the body of Jesus, the attributes of God were manifest. As the light, God, passed from spirit to flesh in the water birth, the attributes of God were put on display for us to see in bodily form. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 tells us, For in Him, that is, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God's love was manifested as He sacrificed Himself on the cross for our sins. God's omnipresence was manifested in His indwelling of every believer and His declaration in Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God's omniscience was manifest as He revealed facts past, present, and future which have proven themselves to be true. God's eternalness was manifested in His victorious resurrection. God's righteousness was manifested as He lived a sinless life. God's omnipotence was manifested as He conquered death and the grave and He declared, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And in Colossians, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And God's sovereignty was manifested as He became the King of kings and Lord of lords. Through the rainbow, God manifested the attributes of His character that we might have confidence in Him. The next time you see a rainbow, remember that the colors are symbols of God's character. The red, God's love. Orange, God's omnipresence. Yellow, God's omniscience. Green, God's eternalness. Blue, God's righteousness. And indigo, God's omnipotence. The violet stands for His sovereignty. Jesus Christ, as the light of the world, lived in a human body, and as that light passed from the medium of the Spirit to the medium of the flesh, all of His attributes were put on display. He came to share His attribute of eternalness with all who will receive Him as their personal Savior. At the moment of our personal faith, we pass from death into life, and the 7,000 plus promises of the Bible are ours to claim. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a distinction 
between eternal and everlasting. Eternal has no beginning or ending. Everlasting has a beginning, but no ending. The moment we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we're entered into union with Him and share positionally His eternalness. However, because that life begins at the point of our faith in Jesus Christ, it's proper to refer to the believer as having everlasting life. The rainbow was given as a sign of God's promise. The validity of a promise is based on the character of the one making the promise. The rainbow was chosen as the token of that sign of promise because it declares the character of God and establishes the validity of His promises. Taking back the rainbow begins with educating other Christians as to why God used the rainbow as a token of His promise, the validation of His character. Let's take back the rainbow.